It is the 11 Dubcast. Welcome to the 11 Dubcast, everybody. I'm John Aginter. Bo is in Montana hunting down uh, Siberian tigers and woolly mammoths and whatever else they have there. But we are very lucky to be joined today by Kevin. Kevin Harris, how you doing, man? Ah, I'm alive, Johnny. How about you? You know, I'm 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 surviving. I'm doing all right. We got through the weekend. Uh, I don't know how it was. Are, were you in? So you're in Georgia right now. Were you still in Georgia this past weekend? Yeah, I was. I have a weird um. I have a weird rent situation where I'm kind of in limbo until okay. I find a new place. All right. So, um, so Georgia seemed like the easiest destination to go to from Columbus. Does it make sense? I understand that. Uh-huh. Um, let me ask you this. So was, was Georgia as unbearable as Ohio this past well, weekend? Here's the thing. Georgia's always unbearable. Yeah. So like probably, but like you kind of just expect it. Like we, you don't like go outside in mid July, mid August and like, right. expect to do things in Georgia. And so like, I, I get why people were complaining in Ohio because that's not usually like a, an expectation that you just have to stay inside. But like in Georgia, like you, you just use air conditioning and you just don't go outside between the hours of like noon and like four. Yeah. That's usually my SOP just in general. Right. You know, so I, <laughs> yeah. if I could say, yeah. if I could stay inside in the air conditioning at all times, that's what I would do. But it was about, it was about 95, 98 degrees, somewhere around 80, 85% humidity. I went out, I had to go out for approximately 10 minutes and it was hell. It was, it was like walking into literal hell. I moved 10 feet. I started to sweat through my shirt. I went back inside. I was like, this isn't going to work. So that was I mean, my weekend. That, um, that is that is just regular Georgia weather, like what yeah. you just described, like like 98, like 85% humidity. Like that's that's just that's Georgia. The worst. So we've we've gotten through that here in Columbus. It, today was much nicer. It was still extremely humid, but it was down in the 70s. So that was actually pretty good. Uh, so we, we got through that. And as a website, we, we got through the the spike of content that we get in the middle of the summer, which is the Big Ten Media Days. And then I guess you could also maybe say, you know, throw in this is for the social stuff. You could throw in the uh, the watch list season, but we're gonna we're gonna oh, ignore yeah. that. Um, uh, let's talk about let's talk about Big Ten Media Days before I get into the big Jim Harbaugh. Ryan Day or Meyer stuff. I just want to ask you quickly, as someone who obviously you know goes through a lot of this content on a regular basis, was there anything that genuinely surprised or interested you about Big Ten Media Days? Because we were talking beforehand about how this is going to be a huge disappointment. It was just going to be a bunch of people kind of running out the clock until the season starts. Was there anything besides the Jim Harbaugh stuff that you found interesting or engaging? Uh, I mean, honestly... Me and Dan, um, our, our legendary football beat reporter, Dan Hope, um, yeah. we were talking earlier today that, like, it was totally uneventful on the Ohio State side. Like, <laughs> right. absolutely nothing happened. I think yeah. um, probably the most interesting thing, and this is, like, seriously, if this is the most interesting thing that came out of it, like, it was a, it was a non-story, <laughs> was um, when uh, the um, Dan talked to a, uh, a few players at different schools and kind of asked them, he did this last year too, but he asked them like about Ohio State recruiting them and like why they ended up going where they went. And um, he talked to Anthony McFarland, who of course just absolutely destroyed Ohio State, um, the Maryland running back. Yeah. And uh, he said that, uh, McFarland said that after the game, 
um, Tony Alford came and put his arm around him and said, why didn't we recruit you harder? <laughs> and my, Which, uh, when, when the dude pulls off, like what, like an 81-yard run and then a couple of others that, you know, I think he finished with like 230-some yards, something like that um, in that game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, dumb. that's that's a reasonable response to a guy who just completely destroys you. Yeah. So, isn't that? By the way, whenever Ohio State plays, uh, uh, let's say a B or C tier Big Ten team, and I don't even know that Maryland's that, but a B or C tier Big Ten team, every time they have a player that's not completely terrible, they talk who who's from the general Ohio area doesn't even have to be in Columbus. It could be like you know. Indiana or, yeah, like or you Eastern, know Eastern Indiana, yeah. Yeah, people are like, "Oh, Ohio State didn't go after this kid." Ohio State can't recruit five thousand kids, right? Right? There is a scholarship limit that they generally have to abide by. Yeah. I think it drives me crazy. That they're like, oh, Ohio State passed up on this little bunch of idiots. Like, I'm sorry, they have a finite amount of players that they're able to put on their football team. I love I love the uh, the Benny Snell one when at Kentucky <laughs> when everyone was like oh Ohio State really missed out on him and he was flipping out like you know like I'm trying to prove them wrong I'm like right. buddy even in hindsight like they would still be fine with J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber exactly like, I'm not I'm not convinced that if he came to Ohio State in the first place he like would have beaten them out like I, they're both good running backs like I yeah it's not like Ohio State's like, oh, crap, we can't find, you know, a, an offensive tackle, right? right? Like, this isn't a problem for Ohio State. Yeah, they like, have a lot of kids to choose from. Yeah, it's not like Ohio State sucks, you know? Like, it, it's not like <laughs> – it's right. not like it's not like it's like, oh, Ohio State really could have benefited from this guy. Like, yeah, maybe, right. but, like, the rest of the team's talented too, and they got who they wanted. Like, it's – I don't know. I, I always yeah. think – If only they team. had a wide receiver, Ohio State, yeah. win yeah. 10 games and be able yeah, to, you know, compete in the Big Ten. Even like even like Rondale Moore, like he's awesome, but like, uh, what would he be at Ohio State? Like, would he have played as a true freshman? Probably not. Like, is he better right. than Jalen Gill? Like, maybe. But like, and I, I know this sounds like sour grapes because the dude just forced <laughs> Ohio State for Purdue. But like, the reality is like great for him. He went to Purdue and he gets to play, and he's going to torch Ohio State now. Like, I don't think his career would have been as good if he went to Ohio State. Like, I think it was a great career move to go to Purdue. You know, like, yeah. Does that mean and, that Ohio State like screwed up? Like, no, <laughs> they got who they wanted. Right, and I, you know, I guess for the player, I understand that it's probably some kind of like, all right, yeah. well, this is motivation. I, they disrespect me. They didn't take me. I get that. That's fine. I have no problem with that. I yeah, just think sure. on Ohio State's end. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, if you got five aces and you did like, you know, pull from somebody's hand, like you're not going to get all of them at the same time. So, right. I don't know. I, I think it's it's a little silly when that's brought up. But it's interesting because, you know, Ohio State is at this point in the Big Ten, the best brand. They're one of the best colleges that can be recruiting someone in the entire country. It's understandable that you would really want that brass ring. You would want to go to Ohio State and prove yourself. Right. Um, and you know, if you don't get it it's, and you believe that you're a next level talent, you deserve to go to the you know NFL that you're disrespected a little bit. I get that. It's just an interesting dynamic to me. So I want to get into the, the big time controversy. And here's what I was saying about, uh, big 10 media days before, you know, the whole thing went down. I was of the opinion that this was an opportunity for Ryan day to really set the tone, not just for himself as a head coach in Ohio state but also kind of in the rivalry a little bit because really, I mean, Urban Meyer had all the momentum for Ohio State. But when you think about Ohio State and Michigan, I think so much of it right now 
or at least in terms of people's perception of Ohio State against Michigan, a lot of it is coming from Urban Meyer. So without him there, for Ryan Day to kind of continue that, I almost feel like he has to kind of, you know, basically, you know, throw his weight around a little bit. And at the Mm -hmm. first part of Big Ten Media Days, I thought Jim Harbaugh was doing a pretty good job of stealing that thunder a little bit. Michigan's got a lot of love from the media, right? They're, they're, really being predicted to to do really well in the Big Ten, possibly win it this season. Uh, he comes in, he throws some smack around about Urban Meyer, which is hilarious because, you know, it's not like Urban Meyer can respond to that, like right. on the field or do anything really. And then he goes a little further and talks about mental health issues with eligibility waivers and things like that and completely screws it up. And I, it is one of the funniest things ever because, first of all, I, I don't know why he said that. It was stupid. It was incredibly yeah. dumb for him to throw out the mental health thing. But he was doing so well to, he like, was. okay, Michigan fans are going to get super pumped about this guy talking about Urban Meyer sucks. And he's like, you know, that's the red meat for the Michigan fan. They yeah. want to hear that. And it helps the rivalry. And then he just trips over his own feet and falls face first into this, like, giant turd of a controversy. And it's just the dumbest thing in the world. He was- just If you just shut up. Before that last part, he would have been – I think he would have won Big Ten Media Days. Right. It it was hilarious because, like, for, for like, 12 hours – it's no secret that, like, the national media, like, crucified Urban Meyer during that thing. Oh, sure. That entire thing. So, like, for, like, 12 hours, Jim Harbaugh looks like a saint in the national media, too, because everyone's writing these columns like, no, you don't need to criticize Jim Harbaugh's comments because he was absolutely right. And, like, you know, if you Google Jim Harbaugh, you got – that you know and then i remember like shortly after i googled jim harbaugh and it's like jim harbaugh questions kids mental health dis- you know like <laughs> I, I just he, he managed to like like do I, it's like he's playing chess against himself like i, I don't even know what that was <laughs> and i the, the thing is though like like after after um like I, I i'm as an ohio state writer like i've i've been here as long as jim harbaugh has writing about ohio state and you know jim harbaugh when you write about Ohio State, you also write about Jim Harbaugh. Sure. I think, like, at this point, like, from what I know about the dude, I don't think either one of those was, like, thought out and, like, you know, and, like, um, maybe, like, calculated. Like, I, I no. doubt I, – I just think it's hilarious that that's just the type of dude that he is. Like, he accidentally was going to win Big Ten Media Days, and then the same way that he accidentally just fumbled, fumbled, <laughs> like, fumbles his way through – like thoughtlessly through interviews and just says what he means, he absolutely ruined himself too. I think this is why he hates talking to the media because he knows he yeah. can't stop himself from saying dumb stuff. Like no. that's really it. And it's, again, he had one Big Ten media days. He was the only guy with any kind of energy. He had the actual, like he had the media on his side saying that his team was awesome. He had yep. stirred some stuff up about, you know, Urban Meyer that most people outside of, like I know Ohio State fans are listening to this, don't want to hear this. Most people outside of Ohio State fans think Urban Meyer is a piece of crap because yeah. of how he handled like the Zach Smith situation. They believe that all the controversy and stuff around him, like at Florida, was entirely his fault. All that oh, stuff. Yeah. They think he's 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 kind of an oily, scummy guy. Yeah. I'm not saying that's true, but I'm just saying that's for Jim Harbaugh to say that. Michigan fans love hearing that. And the fact that they were getting all the love from the media with regards to their team and Jim Harbaugh gives them that red meat. And then he just trips over his own feet. And then you've got, you know, like Glenda Hudson, who's the mother of this uh, player, you know, who, who wanted immediate eligibility. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's that whole situation with that. 
And like, he just completely eradicates that goodwill. And in a larger sense, I just want to, I want to get your perspective on this. So in a larger sense, what I think is really kind of amazing is that, you know, we have gone through so much, I think, change and, and, and like perception and awareness about, you know, things like mental health issues and, you know, like Ohio state, you can't tell me Ohio state with, you know, the, the things that we've had to deal with, with a, you know, a player dying, you know, and, and the head coach, Ryan day, who's advocating like mental health awareness, there has been so much of a change in how we talk about this kind of stuff. Does it blow your mind as much as it does mine that there are still coaches out there who are like, let's just rub some dirt on it. Whenever there's some kind of mental health problem with a player, whenever there's some kind of thing that, you know, people might be worried about where it comes to like, you know, self-harm or anything like that. Yeah. That's just, that's not real. That's fake. You know, unless, you know, unless, unless it like actually happens, it's not a real thing that we have to address. I just don't understand how Jim Harbaugh at the university of Michigan can even think about saying those things. And I know there's tons of coaches that agree with that dude. It just, it, it blows my mind. I think I think like if there is any coach who was going to do that, it was Jim Harbaugh though. Like I, I've been saying, I've been saying for like years, this dude is a caricature of like a, of a head coach. Like right, right, and, and and so it was perfectly on brand for him to be like, oh, kids are getting eligibility because they say that they're depressed. You know, like it was it was the most on brand thing. Like, but honestly, both of his comments were extremely on brand, and that's what made it so awesome. Like the entire weekend was so funny because like. As soon as I saw both the quotes, I was like, yep, yep, that that makes sense, you know? He's like it, he's like the villain, he's like the bad guy coach in an early 1990s like youth football movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, ah, oh, just these freaking kids just gotta learn to toughen up. And then when one kid cries and he like slaps him in the face or something like that. Yeah. Like I just don't I don't understand how as a coach you can have that mentality anymore. It's, and I gotta tell you something. That, well, it's it's hilarious in one sense because it's but, Jim. You know, it's really, it's and really sad in the other. It is. It's messed up. Like, right. look, I know that, you know, you said like, you know, if there's one guy to do it, Jim Harbaugh, I got to tell you something, man. Mike Leach would do the same kind of thing. Oh yeah. Urban, I don't think Urban Meyer would do that. Cause I think he's, he's aware enough that, you know, Ohio state, you know, is probably going to come down on things like that. And of course with the experiences at Ohio state, but there are other coaches from Urban Meyer's generation who are 100% in line with the idea that you know this is mental mental problems things like that those aren't real those aren't real issues those are things just to be you know like you got to do laps you got to do some sprints you'll be better or whatever right um it just it, it just blows my mind and i <laughs> and i i am glad that jim harbaugh is taking a ton of heat for it uh which is completely deserved uh i just can't i just i don't know it, it just I think it's so crazy that in this day and age, he would say that this is like an acceptable thing to put out there. And here's the other thing. I I honestly think that he was feeling himself after getting that adulation for a little bit. He said, you know what? I'm going to say some more real stuff. And just blew up spectacularly in his face. So I enjoyed that. I don't think you saw, I don't know if you saw the total context of the question too, that he was responding to. But they were asking him about his extremely progressive stance that every player should be allowed to just, um, you know, get get a one-time transfer and immediate eligibility <laughs> right. to school. So that was right. the context. That, like, they were asking him about that. And he goes, I'll tell you what. You know what bothers me? And then he goes off on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was unbelievable. Like unbelievable. They they set him up again to like win and be like, oh yeah, like this is great. Talk about this. And he just yeah. decided not to and decided to like it, unbelievable. If you actually look at it into context, like it's just like really just like jarring. Like it just like if you look at the text, he like starts off like kind of talking about that. And he's like, but another thing that bothers me is <laughs> So let me just go ahead and just you know dunk my head in a portalette and see how that goes. I, I I guess what the lesson is here, and with the next thing that I want to bring up just briefly to kind of put a code on this, I guess, is that it is kind of amazing to me how bad some of these coaches are sometimes at, at talking with the media. Yeah. Like I don't. You, Jim Tressel really had it right, right? Like he mastered the idea of saying a lot of stuff without actually giving you any kind of content or insight into what he was actually trying to say. Yep. And I look, the more some of these coaches talk, sometimes the dumber they sound. And it just, it it is protect. It is just amazing to me when you're dealing with, you know, the person who's in charge of these programs that involve hundreds of people, tens of millions, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars, and they just can't seem to get it right in front of the media. The last thing that I want to say real quick is I want to get your thoughts as a how, – how old are you currently? Kevin? I am 25. I just turned 25. All right, so you just turned 25. I'm 34. So we're I'm, – I'm obviously older than you, but we would be considered – we'd be lumped into the same lazy phone-addicted generation, I think, that a lot of people maybe 40, 45, and above would would say. Sure, so we're, sure. we're all part of the, the, you know, the rot that is taking apart our society. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald um, is talking about like college football attendance and things like that. And one of the things that he got into was, you know, everybody's addicted to their phones and, you know, he holds up the phone and he says, this is pathetic that we can't communicate. And in one sense, he's not wrong. We are a a technology addicted society and, and, you know, social media isn't great and all that other stuff, but that is not the (laughs) argument I would be making for why people aren't going to football games. And if I were Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, that is 100% not the argument I would be making about why people aren't going to football. Yeah. I, I would never, I would never touch that argument if I was Pat Fitzgerald, like, yeah. like you, you just like, you do your best and you know, you sell out three games a year and it's against Ohio state, Michigan and Wisconsin. It's a, you right. know, it's like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even touch that. I mean, I, I don't know. I, if you're, if Pat Fitzgerald is trying to explain away attendance problems at Northwestern with a phone, like, Good Lord. And, and like, I, I know, like you were talking too. like, that's, that's a really valid, like, thing, I guess. But like, he's just inserting it somewhere where like, like, why? Like that, that, that's not, that's not the reason why there, there are thousands of good reasons why somebody wouldn't go to a football game, but like their cell phone <laughs> is not it. Like, I'm not, I'm not choosing to not go to a football game because I'm going to read about people's tweets about the game on Twitter like that, you know, like it's not a substitute. Well, exactly. Here's the problem, all right? Football itself has changed a lot, but the experience of going to a football game has not changed in conjunction with the atmosphere around it or any of the other ways that people consume football, right? If you go to Ohio Stadium in 2019, right, and you check out the stadium and you're like, okay, this is cool, I'm going to sit here and watch a football game, your experience is roughly the same as it was 20, 30 years ago. There's some things that are are different, right? There's a bigger scoreboard and, the, you know, like you're going to have different, um, you know, like obviously the 
playing services different and whatnot. But you're still going to be sitting on benches. The yep. concourse, I mean, obviously it's been improved because they you know did the addition to South Stands and things like that, and they put on kind of the shell and all that. But it's it's not going to be fundamentally different the way it is from watching football in your home in 1985 to watching football in your home in 2019 because right. that is night and day that is completely different if you go on youtube and we just talked about this before we started recording if you go on youtube and you try to watch highlights of football like college football highlights from the 80s and 90s it's unwatchable it yeah. is completely like it is grainy you can't see the action as soon as somebody throws the football in there you've lost it it's it's not as enjoyable to watch. And now you do it. Now you got 4K streaming, all this other crap. It's crystal clear. It's like you're at the game. The game experience hasn't changed as much in conjunction with that. And look, I've said this for a long time. Uh, I just think Ohio Stadium, if you really want to compete, you've got to change the fundamental fan experience. And they just haven't done that in the past 20 or 30 years. So to me, that's why people aren't going to games. Because it's not... It hasn't kept up with the pace of changing technology and the experience of watching the game at home. Right. Like even if even if I did concede that I would prefer to watch the game in Ohio Stadium, which is yeah. still like a big if for a lot of people, because you got to consider that it's cold as hell in the winter. And <laughs> right. Sometimes it's raining and you know, there's just a lot you gotta park. It's a whole day commitment. Um, yeah. but like like it, and it's that, expensive. That, that and it's expensive. That's the thing. And it's like even if even if I did concede that that was better, minus all of those things, like the cost differential, like I could sit at home for free and watch this thing that is almost close. You know, it, it there's just there's nothing that they've done, and I don't know. I don't even know at this point, like if they could, if if they could improve fan experience to the point that it would be, um, and like easier to justify going to the game. Anything I think they could. Any, Here, maybe here's what I would say. I, I think they can. I think they can do improvements. I think they can do improvements to Ohio Stadium. I think they can make it more like an NFL-type experience. People go to those games because, well, in part because they can't watch them on TV, but also because I, I think the actual fan experience is overall better. But here, here would be my point. I went to Oregon State, right? I went to the Oregon State game, which is just like mm -hmm. a laugher, right? Like Ohio State just blows right. Oregon State out. I had the best tickets of my entire life. I was sitting on the 50-yard line two rows up. I It, it, it doesn't get better than that. Like right. it, it was unbelievable, amazing, uh, you know, seats. But I'm still stuck between people. I'm, you know, like you've got 13 inches of butt space. I'm shoulder to shoulder with everybody. It was blazing hot. Like I was just slathering on sunscreen and watching yep. it just melt off my body for part of the game. And then it rains. And then we are soaked to the bone. I'm sitting in the concourse on the ground waiting for the rain to end. I get back in. Sun comes out. It's baking hot again. It's not. I had the best seats of my life. And I was like, I just want to go. <laughs> like This isn't. Ohio State was destroying their opponent. There was no, not there was nothing really keeping me there, and that's what I just thought was just unbelievable. It's like I have the best seats in my life, and I'm like, I, I would rather be at home watching this thing. So if if you have a concourse that actually is like enjoyable to be in, if it's more like nationwide, it's enclosed, it's not drafty, you don't have rain and leaking coming, in, it's not just a big concrete block. 
if you have better food options, if you have actual seats that people want to be in, if you have Wi-Fi, which I believe is, I, I don't, I still don't understand why they don't have anything like that. And I say it's insane to me. Right. If you have these quality of life improvements, I would feel more, you know, excited about having those seats. But as it was, I was like, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. Like, yeah. and it sucked because I, those were incredible tickets. Those were unbelievable tickets. I should have been pumped the entire game and I wasn't. And I was just pissed that I couldn't enjoy it to the level that I really wanted to. Like even, even as a student and our tickets were like, what, like 30 bucks or something like that. Right. Even as a student, like it'd come time to like a three thirty, and this sounds like spoiled as hell, but like it'd come down to like a three thirty game against like Illinois. And I'm like, Oh, like I'd, <laughs> rather be at home you know like and, yeah and, and the tickets the tickets even for that like it's walking distance i live close to home and i guess part of that's that i went to so many games as a student that like you know that just became an average saturday for me but i i totally understand why people wouldn't and i don't think it has anything to do with uh kids tweeting too much well that's and right and to get back to pat fitzgerald i'm like dude there there are other things at play here and and i understand what you're saying but it's not that ain't it. And, and what bothers me is that I think so many people are like, yeah, you're right on, Pat. You got it. Like, no, he doesn't have it. That's not why. Right. And yeah, that could be an issue, but it's not the issue that we're talking about. So I right. thought that was silly. I, you know, that's Pat Fitzgerald's going to be Pat Fitzgerald. It doesn't matter what he says or does because he's going to be at, you know, Northwestern, you know, for life. He's got a 40 year contract. He's fine. But I just, you know, like I said, I think it's, it's kind of ridiculous. So, um, so that was the Big Ten Media Days. It was it was fun. It was interesting. But we still have several weeks until football. So we've got to figure out what to do until then. So we'll be, we'll be trying to figure that out uh, until uh, until the actual uh, the games start out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, reminder, please visit uh, the Dry Goods store at drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, and more, drygoods.11warriors.com. Uh, let's do some ask us anything. Are you prepared, Kevin, for ask us anything? I don't know if you can be prepared for ask us anything. Well, you could be if I shared the questions with you ahead of time, but I didn't do that. Because you did it's not. Funnier to me. <laughs> it's funnier to me not to do that. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> you can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11 warriors.com or at 11 dubcast on twitter um so let's go ahead and get started let's go <laughs> you're gonna enjoy this one let's start with our good friend alvin here um alvin asks us and this is i guess for me specifically but i, I want to get your thoughts on it too he says uh thoughts on toilet bidets didn't they have them in japan <laughs> which for those of you <laughs> who don't know i did live in japan for a year about 10 years ago so what are your thoughts on bidets have you experienced a bidet i have Kevin? not but I would. That's probably the most personal question I've ever asked you. But I, I, have you. I have, I have not experienced a bidet, but I would certainly not be against it. Okay, I want to tell you something, man. I, I did not. I had never used a bidet. Uh, I had not used a bidet until I lived in Japan. I did use them in Japan. They are fantastic. I recommend a bidet for everyone. You can buy a kit on Amazon for fairly cheap. It's, it's, you know, it's not a complicated piece of equipment. They're great. They are 100% great. Um, I know there's a little bit of trepidation because you do, you want to avoid that splashback when you're taking a number two, but it's not anything like that. So I, and I had some of the, I, some of these, what's crazy about me about bathrooms in Japan, I lived in very rural 
poor part of Japan. I lived in the poorest prefecture of Japan. So a lot of the bathrooms that I had to use out in public were like just drop toilets, right? Where it's literally a hole in the ground. Um, So that wasn't uncommon at all. But I would also go to some really fancy places and you sit down on these toilets and it's like a freaking spaceship. Like you feel like you're in charge of the Starship Enterprise because it it's like a heated seat. It'll like do a whole kind of like rotational thing with a bidet. It just seems like the most advanced thing you've ever sat on in your yeah. life. And uh, I recommend them 100%. They're great. Yeah. They're awesome. So I am a big bidet fan. Um Next question here. This is from Suncard. Suncard says, Uncle Herb seemed to... <laughs> that's, I've not heard that particular term of endearment for Urban Meyer, by the way. Uncle Herb seemed to have taken some rougher talent while at Florida and avoided that talent at OSU, kind of referring a little bit to what Jim Harbaugh was talking about. Uh, does a football team need some edgy players to be elite? Is there a place for that element in the sport? Thanks, Suncard. That is a weird question, Suncard. Um, I don't know how, exactly how you would define edgy, but what do you what do you think about that, Kevin? What do you think? Uh, um, I don't know. Well, first, I'm confused on the on the definition of edgy, I guess. But like, I I think I'm going to firmly disagree that an an edgy like a, a player that Ohio State wouldn't take for a disciplinary reasons or for um character concerns right i think i think there's a pretty good reason why they wouldn't take those and honestly like i know a lot of like people listening probably don't play this game a lot but like we we get a lot of um i mean we we have a a lot of intel from like our recruiting guys and stuff about guys that ohio state have backed off and stuff and like seriously it's like eight times out of ten i read a headline like two or three years later and i'm like ah yeah that guy almost came to ohio state yeah, it's right. like okay, yeah, that that makes complete sense. Like some a lot of the guys Ohio State backs off of like don't even make it through like two years at the school that they end up going to. So it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Like that guy had all the talent in the world, but like I, I understand why you didn't want that on your football team. So right. I uh, I I don't know if um I would necessarily say that an edginess is good given how I've seen the guys that Ohio State's backed off on how they've fared at the schools that they decided to go to. Here's what I'll say. I, I think edginess depends on, you know, what, what the definition of that depends on who you're asking. Because right. somebody smokes weed in high school. Somebody, oh, that kid. I don't know about that kid. I'm like, right. okay, relax. All right. That's not, that doesn't make him a bad person or a bad kid or somebody Ohio State shouldn't take. And there are a lot of things that I really think people who follow recruiting or just uh, just tangentially, or it's something that just kind of comes across, you know, their purview maybe once a year or something like that. They'll see something like that with a kid where they got in a fight when they were 14. Like, Oh, I don't know about that kid. And I I just think that's really unfair to a lot of kids, to a lot of potential recruits, because that doesn't mean they're bad people. doesn't mean that they, you know, haven't changed or they are, you know, haven't learned from their experiences. So I, I really caution people on saying a kid's a problem when, you know, you don't have any real context for what the kid's going through. On the other hand, like you said, there are definitely, you know, kids who are continually involved in really, you know, bad stuff and they're getting into fights and they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And yeah, those aren't kids that you would really want on your football team because they can be a bad influence and they can, you know, really not help your team out in the long run uh, or even seed the field, period. And and I don't think, you know, I, I really, I, most of the players that Urban Meyer and Ryan Day have gone after, I, I think have been high character quality kids. And they've done that intentionally because I think they didn't just don't want to deal with the headache, frankly. I think, and I think they know that they have enough cachet to say, we can take whoever we want anyway. Why would right. we take a flyer on a kid that we think is going to be a disciplinary problem later on, 
right? Right. And because I we think, can't find anybody else. Ohio yeah. State doesn't have to do that. I think I think the thing there is like, yeah, like you said, Ohio State doesn't have to do that because like the kid's going to come here and there's a certain amount of development that's going to, that they're going to need to do to like actually see the field in the first place. Right. So it's not like the kid's going to come into Ohio state in like nine, 99 times out of a hundred and be an instant impact sort of player that like, they're like, Oh, we got to get this kid sort of thing. And so right. if you know that the kid's not going to come in there and you know that he's not going to be able to be able to develop and you know that he's going to be a problem, then why would you take him? Because he's never going to play if he's not going to develop and he's not going to be a part of the team because he's not going to come in on day one and be prepared. So I think other teams might be more willing to take a flyer because sometimes these kids can come in and be day one instant impact players, but not at Ohio State. So I don't really see why it would make sense for them to take them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's happened occasionally. There have been some players where people are like, I don't know about this kid, but they, they've been so talented that, you know, they've they've been brought in. But yeah. it's, it's really rare. And, you know, like I said, it's it's not like Ohio State is hurting for recruits. They will find players that they think will be able to be, you know, a good culture fit in terms of, you know, whether they're going to work hard and, and fit with the rest of the team and whatnot and what they're trying to do. Um, but like I said, I don't, you know, I don't think it's fair to a lot of players either to just write them off. Uh, based on like one incident or like that. And I know, I know coaches don't do that, but you know, I, I wish that, you know, sometimes uh, fans would have a little bit more of an open mind when it came to that, but regardless, it's, it's interesting to see how that works out. And I do think that, like I said, you know, Ohio state's done a good job at really getting some really high character guys to come in. And we've had a lot of them on our show. Um, next question. This is from Tobin. We actually, we have a question for Bo about Montana and I'll, we'll get to that next week. This one, uh, last one here is from Tobin. Tobin asks, uh, if urban was still the coach of Ohio state, what are the chances that Ryan day would be in Columbus and that Justin Fields would have transferred to Ohio state? So what do you think the staff and the quarterback chart might've looked like? Uh, that's really tough. I think, I don't think Ryan Day would still be in Columbus if he didn't think that he was going to be the head coach at Ohio State. If not, I next agree with year. that. Now, I I do think I do think that Ryan Day was prepared to be Ohio State's offensive coordinator for one more year, and I think that from from little little whispers and stuff, I think that that would have been the case. He could have been around for Ohio State for one more year, um, and if that were the case, I could see Justin Fields coming in you know, being the quarterback under Ryan day. Um, sure. But there's not a chance that Justin Fields comes if Ryan day is not at Ohio state. That's, that's kind yeah. of my take there. I, I don't I think, and I mean, I mean, to be fair, I don't know exactly who Ohio state would have gotten to replace Ryan day, but I know that the reason why Justin Fields came to Ohio state was because of Ryan day. Well, I, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I mean, Ryan day, Justin Fields is at Ohio State, exactly as you said, because that's the kind of you know mentorship and development that he was looking for, and Ryan Day provides that after seeing you know what he did, obviously with Dwayne Haskins. So I, I 100% agree with that. It's it's hilarious though, because all right, so Urban Meyer's staying, no Justin Fields, who's the quarterback then in 2019, Kevin? Uh, it's Tate Martell. It's Tate Martell. Absolutely Tate Martell. <laughs> and so are no, and so this is a personal question for you, Kevin Harish. Yeah. Are you happier in September 2019 with that scenario or with this scenario that we are oh, currently? Oh in? god, no. I'm I'm happier with Justin Fields. Okay, I, so you I, I've been, you I've been be a your mind at Tater out there doing his thing. Doing a little yeah. Johnny 2. Johnny Manziel 2.0. No, and and this is this is the thing like 
I've been I've been a Tate stan for like the the entire time that Tate's been here, and I've thought he's really good. I thought yeah. I think he's going to be good at Miami, and I would have been very happy is if he was Ohio State's quarterback. But uh, Justin Fields is a lot better, so <laughs> I mean, like I I I still think Tate's really good, and I would have been happy. You know, I I think Ohio State would have been fine if uh, Tate Martell was just or was uh, Ohio State's quarterback. But like Justin Fields is better. He's he has a better arm. Uh, you know, he's also a dual threat guy. Um, he's bigger. Yeah, I, I just think that he's better in almost every measurable category and maybe not significantly in all of them, but like I would rather have Justin Fields. Yeah. So that, that's not even like not even really a question there for me. Um, I love Tate. I think he's good. I think I, I think he would have been a great Ohio State quarterback and it would have been hilarious to watch everybody like absolutely <laughs> detest him. Um <laughs> But like I no Justin Fields that's that's ten times out of ten I'd take Justin Fields. Yeah, I, you know, and as far as as far as uh, Ryan Day goes, um, you know, I I think that his here here's what I would say. So you know, when you're a person who wants to have a head coaching gig, right? It's really kind of dependent on what you kind of justified as your your resume right going into whatever your job search might be i don't know that ryan day's um his value as a potential head coach would have been any higher than it was after the end of last season you have a guy who throws for almost five thousand yards and like 50 touchdowns right and is this you know kind of mind-bendingly great quarterback sets all these big 10 records and you're the guy who largely is given credit for that as a coach uh, I don't know that he would have had a better opportunity to get a head coaching gig after that, but, because then what you have, if, if, let's say, let's say Tate Martell beats up Matthew Baldwin and that's what right. you're working with. You're not going to have the same kind of credibility with, you know, a Tate Martell at the helm, even if he does a great job, it's not going to be considered your doing. It's going to be okay. Tate Martell is this great quarterback and it's serving my system, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I really think that, had that whole situation worked out differently, I really think that uh, Ryan Day would have been gone. I think he would have found another coaching gig. See so the, the one, the one thing, the one thing that leaves me there is that's true, unless he wanted the Ohio State head coaching job and sure. thought that he had it after Urban Meyer was there for one more year, which right. is kind of what my hunch is. Like I, I think that he thought, um, I think he thought that Urban Meyer was done. He could feel that Urban Meyer was done, but maybe it was going to take one more year for that to happen. Um, and, mean, and, and, no good good uh, so that that's where i am on that is like i totally agree that his stock wouldn't have been higher but i also think that like he had the job that he wanted to begin with so like why wouldn't he just wait it out you know well so what i want to ask you about then and this is kind of i guess a little bit related um we, we've talked about this in, in other dubcasts do you think that ryan day is like going to be, I don't want to say a lifer at Ohio State. I think that's probably unrealistic. But let's say the NFL comes com- calling in like two or three years. Is Does he leave? Does he say peace out? If the Patriots, right, if the Patriots for whatever reason in two or three years need a new head coach and Ryan Day's won 11, 12 games every season in Ohio State, is he gone? Yeah, I, I think I think in that scenario, no. Um, you I don't think, think so? so? Okay. I, I, think, I think so. My thing is, I think the only reason Ryan Day would leave Ohio State is if he's not as successful as he wants to be at Ohio State. Hmm. I think I think that um, from from various interviews that I've read, um, you know, about even even his time in the NFL and how he talks about that is um, preparing him to be a college coach and stuff. 
I think that like it would be very hard for a great college coach to want to go to the NFL just because you give up so much control. And so I think if he turns out to be like a great college coach, um, I and like is running the like top program in the country and is winning 11, 10, 11, 12 games every year, making it to the college football playoff, has Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. Like, no, I, I don't think he would leave. Um, now, if he's fringe and wins, you know, 9, 10, 8, 9, 10 games every year and is not quite what he was, you know, supposed to be, um, everybody knows that he's a good technical football mind and there no, nobody doubts that. So I could absolutely see in that sense that he would bolt for the NFL where he doesn't really have to worry about um, managing a roster and recruiting, or, um, you know, the, the certain like player development and, um, you know, personal development of the players and he can just work on football. So the only yeah. the, the scenario where I could see him leaving is actually if he's not successful at Ohio State. That's interesting to me because I, I really I really think the opposite in a lot of ways, mostly because I, you know, for so many coaches, the pinnacle is the NFL. And I know we look at this, you know, Ohio State's the biggest football thing in the world. And, and I believe that it's the most entertaining. Like, I, I love college football. I don't know why anybody would do, you know, anything different in the football world. But for a lot of these guys and considering, you know, his, his relationship with the guys like Chip Kelly and so on, I, I just think that Ryan Day, his end goal is to be, you know, at the top level that he can be. And I just, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I think we'll get hints of this as we go through the season and, yeah. you know, the next few seasons and, and how he kind of talks about, you know, his future. Cause he'll be asked about that if he's successful all yeah, the time. Yeah. Like that's something that's going to be immediately asked. He's, so he's already, I don't know. He's already been asked and it's hard. I mean, you're not going to say that. Yeah. I'm planning to leave for the Patriots. But you, you haven't <laughs> even coached a college football game yet, but I think it is interesting that he's already being asked that question. Like, I think Ari, Ari Wasserman of The Athletic, uh, good old Ari. Um, he, <laughs> I, I love Ari. I, I can say that. But we're good friends. I know. But, um, but uh, we, um, I, I think he asked him straight up, like, um, would, would you take the Patriots job? Like after Bill Belichick's gone. And Ryan Day said, uh, no, I think Ohio State's a better job than the Patriots right now. Well, I, I mean, and so like, yeah, but, like I said, like, what are you going to say? Like, what are you going to say? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. absolutely. I would love to coach the Patriots, but um, I, I just think it's interesting that the conversation is already happening. By the way, I, I really appreciate that Ryan Day uh, can answer that way because I'm too honest. And if I were in his position and somebody asked me that, I'd be like, oh, well, I mean. You know, yeah. the Patriots. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, before I coach, before I officially, like as a head coach, I coach a single game, I just completely undermine myself, which is yeah. why, which is why I can relate to Jim Harbaugh just talking a little too much. Yep. Saying something stupid. Yep. Um, although I wouldn't have said that particular stupid, stupid thing that he said. Uh, so that's Ask Us Anything. Continue sending those questions in. That was excellent. Really good uh, set of questions for this week. And it's the off season. We, we need them. We need questions from you guys so keep sending them in uh this has been a really great dubcast kevin thank you so much for coming on and uh i really appreciate talking it's always fun talking to kevin w harish oh yeah kevin yeah. wayne harish I, I always enjoy it oh yeah I, I love coming on too it's always fun when i get that that message you into dubcasting tonight i'm like oh always <laughs> always we're, we're always dubcasting man yeah. that's, that's how it rolls um yeah. so thank you and uh, we'll see you next week